1 Thessalonians chapter 5 together. Looking forward together to just uh, growing in grace. As we look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 12, we've been looking through uh, this uh, book of the Bible, this epistle, uh, over the last uh, few months. And as we have just, uh, just looked at it verse by verse, we just had this earnest desire to, to grow together. And really, as Paul writes to the church in, uh, in Thessalonica, we see that this is a church that is a, a great example for us. And so he writes about some things and some great learning and growing opportunities we've had concerning uh, the rapture, his, the Lord's second coming, and we've been able to look and to grow in our relationship to one another. And tonight, specifically, we deal with our responsibilities of the church in relation to our missionaries. And so I, I'm just thankful for missions. And as you look around our, our church, you can see the legacy of Pastor Tolbert, who had a vision for missions. And, uh, and truly, uh, this was uh, his desire. And it's been not just his desire, but pastors before us that we uh, have a strong emphasis on missions because it is the strong right arm of the church. And we recognize that missions is essential if we're going to be able to go forward with the gospel. We can't fulfill the, the Great Commission without our missionaries. And so I'm thankful that uh, around the room are flags that represent our missionaries. And we honestly have a couple more flags we don't know where to hang. Uh, and so we thank the Lord for that. Uh, but we recognize that we need the Lord. Uh, we need to be able to learn how do we interact with our missionaries. And, and so what I'm going to do with, is going to be a little bit different in our message tonight. I'll share with you a few, actually, of our missions letters. Some that I read even today uh, as I was going through emails and going through uh, some of the missionary letters. And I just want to share some of those with you uh, as we look at the, the scriptures and we're encouraged about our missionaries a missions director once uh, spent some time with a mother of his agency's missionaries, and, and she had um, two missionaries that were, that were her children on the field. Her daughter was on the field of, of China, and her son was as a missionary in Sudan. She loved and missed them dearly, but she explained her love for God allowed her to follow, uh, uh, allowed her to let them follow his will for their lives. The mother described the burden that her son had for the people of Sudan, and as she did so, the, the missionary director just saw great tears of just burden and um, for the souls of these people in Sudan. As the missionary director left the house with a deeper appreciation for the, the parents of missionaries and what they go through, and actually we have some parents of missionaries in here in our church congregation. How many are you parents of a missionary? All right, I was thinking of the Vandivers, but your son was, uh, grandson was in China for a short time. Yeah, yeah, for school. yeah, for school, that's right, that's right. And so, you know, but we know some other families that have uh, children who are missionaries in our church. I think of the Hiltons and uh, not just, uh, whose children are Keith and Lisa Sampson on the field of Russia. We have Brother Goodman, who is a missionary, works with missionaries, but also he has his son, Chris Goodman, in Australia. And you know, there's others as well, and I thank the Lord for these that have been willing to say, listen, I want my child to be on the field. Well, that missionary director returned uh, back to the office, and it was several months later, and he got word that a missionary in Sudan had been killed, and it was this dear lady's son. And so instead of just sending her a telegram, he said, I'm going to go to her home and just visit with her once again. And as he shared with her the news, the mother looked down, and in a few moments she said, sir... I would rather my son die in the middle of Sudan alone than to have him here living with me, disobeying God's will. I thank the Lord for our missionaries. Thank the Lord for our, our parents of missionaries who are willing to let their child go. 
And I thank the Lord for missions. Man, what an awesome thing uh, that we get to see. And we've been on the field with our different missionaries uh, uh, from South Korea to the Dominican Republic, even in Mexico and, and South Dakota and Mississippi and different areas as well. And I thank the Lord for these opportunities we've had to be able to, to be on the field with our missionary to work side by side with them. And so, as, as a, from a child, I've realized that missions is important. And honestly, uh, from, as a child, I remember seeing my dad give uh, to missions. And parents, what an impact that makes when our children see us give to missions. Uh, because, because of his example, I had a heartbeat. I had a desire to give to missions as well. And I would see my dad in Faith Promise Missions Month come around and, and he would commit to give, uh, honestly, money I didn't know that we had. Amen. Isn't that amazing to think? And, and dad would just commit, I'm going to give this amount of money. And, I, and I, I didn't know what it was, but one time I happened to see the check and my jaw dropped and I thought, how in the world can we afford that? I said, we have to go eat Mr. Gaddy's on Friday when it's cheap because we can't afford to go out to eat. That was when the kids were free. I don't know if y'all even have a Mr. Had it ever heard of Mr. Gaddy's. It must have been a Texas thing. But I thought, how in the world could we afford that? Well, it was his heartbeat, his desire for missions. And as we look at 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul shares with us this desire for the church. If we're really going to be triumphant in serving the Lord, if we're really going to be able to go forward, we've got to have this kind of heartbeat, this desire to care for and care about our missionaries. Let's look in verses 12 and 13 together. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in, their, in, in love for their work's sake. And be at peace among yourselves. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this uh, scripture. And thank you for the reminder of just, just missions. Thank you for the reminder of uh, just being able to, to know, to examine, to be able to just to walk with them, to be able to, to rub shoulders with them. I thank you, Lord, for these dear people who have surrendered their lives and their hearts. Lord, to go and share the gospel. May you call even more. Lord, I think about camp this week, and may you tenderize the hearts of our children, of our, our teenagers, that they might be sensitive to your calling and your leading. God, we need more missionaries. Thank you for your goodness. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul is a very practical person, and I love the fact that he just reminds us of just three things as we deal with our missions, as we deal with our responsibilities in the church. And the first one is, in verse number 12, he says there's a need for examination. He said in verse 12, he says that you may know them, and I beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Paul encourages the church, and he wants them to know who they are working together with in the ministry. The word know is, uh, is the Greek word oida, which carries the idea of recognizing, acknowledging, appreciating, and valuing. We are to know them, but not in a casual way, but in a real and an intimate way. The idea here is to have an in-depth understanding of, their, of them and their work. The word is also carries the idea of paying attention to what is going on in their lives. Uh, many of you probably are friends on Facebook with some of our missionaries, and, and that has been a, a neat source to connect church members and missionaries together. Uh, but a, a more, uh, a, another source is our missionary wall and all the letters around there. And as we read a missionary letter tonight, our desire is that we would stay connected with our missionaries and know what's happening in their life. First off, spiritually, he said, examine them. 
Spiritual people recognize those whom God has raised up to evangelize, those who is raised up to teach and pastor. And we see this in Acts chapter 13. If you want to look there in Acts 13 in your Bibles, we'll see where Paul used uh, Paul and, and excuse me, where God called Paul and Barnabas out of this church in Antioch. In verses number one through three, it says, Now there were in the church that was in at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simon, Simeon, which was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. As we look at those who are being called into ministry, we recognize that God is really seeking those who are serious about Him. I'm looking forward to Friday uh, as we see Josh and Tia and, and their family approved as career missionaries. And as they uh, transition from the team missionaries, they've spent the last two years on the field of Dominican Republic. And now they're going to be transitioning to for, uh, career missionary status. And that means for as, as long as uh, God calls them to remain on the field, they will be uh, missionaries with, through the Baptist Bible Fellowship sent out of Hillside Baptist Church. We're the sending agency, amen? Uh, so just so we can clarify that. But God calls us to know them, know their spiritual walk with the Lord. Before we ever lay hands on a man to, to ordain him, we always want to know his spiritual walk. Does he, does he walk what he talks about? But he also says to, to know their labor here in verse number 12. We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you. The word labor carries the idea of toil that results in a weariness. Uh, those who've accepted the role of any kind of church leadership are expected to work hard. Amen? Any, any preachers in here, any, anyone that's been a leader in any kind of a church capacity, it's hard work, isn't it? Amen. Matter of fact, we see that uh, Moses was so wore out that when he finally was persuaded to delegate some of his responsibilities, it took 70 men to pick up the duties he laid down. <laughs> isn't that amazing? Look at Exodus chapter 18. In verses 18 through 20, Thou wilt surely wear away, this was Jethro talking to Moses, both thou and this people that is with thee, for this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice, I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to Godward, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, and the work they must do. And so Moses literally was able to distribute some of that responsibility, and 70 people helped him carry that load. I tell you, I'm thankful for men like Moses and that example. Another example is Paul. Uh, Paul worked himself as a, as a tent maker during the day and oftentimes spent the evenings evangelizing and preaching. He was just a, a diligent worker in the Lord. I think of um, uh, just our responsibility that God would see their labor that we would ask God to bless them, that God, we would, we would uh, see their, their desire to continue forward. It's our responsibility to, to those who minister among us to keep abreast of what's going on in their lives and their ministry. And so God calls us and says, listen, examine, know, understand their lives, understand what their, their victories, understand their needs, understand uh, how you can love and pray for them. I, I just as a church, I'm just thankful that God allows us to be able to have missionaries that we can, we can support and love and know that they're doing the work of God. But then he goes on in verse number th uh, 13, and he says, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. 
There's a need not only for uh, to, to examine their lives, but also to a need for an estimation. And I might mention that uh, when missionaries come through, uh, especially prospective missionaries, we look at their life and we examine, is this a, a person that we want to partner with? Is this a person that we want to uh, minister together alongside with in their field? But here he says, listen, we must also esteem them. There's an estimation there. This word esteem is probably something we don't use as much as we used to. But in the pure sense, it means to be appreciative of or sensitive to another person. In the case of a servant of God, according to Paul, this estimation comes not with just uh, uh, so much from the person itself, but rather in the work that they've committed their lives to. I've heard many people say, well, uh, if they didn't agree with the president or at, at the, who's sitting at the time, they'll say, well... I, you know, I don't have much respect for the person, but I have respect for the office. Well, Paul was saying the same thing here in, in, this 13, in verse 13, to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. He said, look at the work, look at all that they've done, look at their labor in their hands, and, and let's esteem, let's honor them. And we think about missionaries and all that they've done. Many of them have left everything that's normal, everything that's comfortable, and they said, listen, we're going to follow the Lord. And we're going to give up family, we're going to give up our friends, we're going to give up our home, our belongings, and we're just going to be gypsies for Jesus, and we're going to follow Christ. Wherever that may take us. Sometimes it's to China, sometimes it's to Africa, sometimes it's uh, to Europe, wherever it may be. Sometimes it's here in America, and we're thankful for each of our missionaries. There's several ways that we can esteem them. First off, we esteem them by praying for them. Prayer is absolutely essential. Missionaries will come through and they'll tell you every time, the number one need we have is what, church? Prayer. They need our prayer. We need to continually pray for them because they face battles and spiritual warfare just like we do, but sometimes it's compounded because of where they're at. Because we are blessed in America to have, especially in Springfield, we have a lot of churches. I'm thankful for that. But when you're the only church in an area of a thousand miles, then let me just say that the forces of evil are much stronger. And so prayer is essential. As a matter of fact, Paul thought it was essential as well. Twice here in Thessalonians, he, he mentions his need for prayer. In 1 Thessalonians 5.25, he says, Brethren, pray for us. In the second Thessalonians that he wrote, wrote in chapter 3 and verse 1, he says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of God, uh, the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Each week we're blessed to receive prayer letters. We get new ones constantly uh, every week through email or through the snail mail or whatever it may be. And every letter that we, we receive I get to read. Pastor Tolbert used to do the same thing. And I remember oftentimes he'd say, every letter that comes across my desk, I read it. And it's a lot of time to read those letters. I, you know, I don't think that I, I understood how much time it took to just to read but, uh, those letters. And it does take time. But when you read, you are able to connect with your missionary. You're able to pray for your missionary. For example, we just received an email last week from, from Brother Basel, who ministers with the uh, Sioux Indian Reservation in, in uh, South Dakota. Tremendous missionary. Is it? I want to say he's in his early 80s. He's, he's, he's aging a little bit. And as, we, as Brother Basel and his dear wife Ruby, just one of some of the most godly people you'll, you'll meet. We were up there. I got to help him with a VBS one summer. And, and as we were there ministering with him, I, I, one morning I wanted to get in the building. And so I knocked on the door. And he came out and he says, Don't ever bother me in the morning. That's my time with the Lord. I said, Yes, sir. <laughs> I learned real, right away, if we need it in the building, we'll just wait. 
but we were anxious to get started for the day. Brother Doug Copeland back there in the back, he remembers uh, that, and so just a, a tremendous time. But last week he was tested for the coronavirus. They were concerned he had it. This week we got a follow-up email, and we praise the Lord that instead of coronavirus, it was a spider bite. But keep praying, that can be serious as well. And then I want to share with you a newsletter from the, uh, from the workmen's in Botswana. Now, I don't remember when they were here last. Yeah. The, the workmen's in Botswana have been laboring in the field, I want to say, for more than 15 years uh, without a furlough. And so let me just share with you a little bit about what they're doing, what's going on in the field, because they're just a sweet couple, very faithful. And I just want to share with you some of the realities from this letter of what they're facing. You know, we think we have a bad coronavirus because we have to wear a mask, right? Well, let me share with you a little bit about what's happening there. This was actually from Sister Pam. She said, I thought I was coping fairly well until the petrol shortage, gasoline, continued through this week. The lines are still long, and you can easily wait up to two hours to get gas. No one seems to know when this might come to an end. The president of Botswana spoke this week to let everyone know that they had decided to ration it. We are only able to buy a quarter of a tank. Every time I thought about needing to do something, I was reminded that if I went to do that thing, I wouldn't have petrol to last me the week. On top of the petrol shortage, two of our close friends have been diagnosed with COVID-19, and my mom was hospitalized this week. By this morning, mom, I love this letter. It just, it just hit my heart, but she said my heart was overwhelmed. We were blessed to see more people returning uh, to church this morning. The day was cold. And with the shortage of gasoline, we knew some people would not make it back to church yet. But the ones that came were excited to be there. We had a new young man come today with one of our girls. This afternoon, Amanda drove my car in to wait in line for petrol. After she drove away, she looked down and my tank was filled. The men at that station uh, are men that Steve had witnessed to through the years. And God used them to supply what I thought was impossible. The Lord reminded me this afternoon that He is bigger than a petrol shortage and able to provide for my every concern. I've been watching Him do this for many years now, but I'm always humbled when He shows Himself strong on my behalf. There are many others just as needy today, but today He chose to fill my tank because He knew just how to remind me that He sees and knows. Our missionaries are real people. They're struggling in many ways, just like we are. Many of them, if you read the letters, it's, it's like a, almost a repeat. Because of COVID, we can't meet. Because of COVID, this is happening. And this ministry has been canceled. And, you know, they're struggling because uh, in the midst of all of that, they're dealing with the cultural ramifications of all that as well. Will we esteem them enough to pray for them? But there's another way we can esteem them, and that's by giving when there are needs. Taking on missionaries for support is one of the biggest ways we can help. But... Have you considered giving to missions on a regular basis? Consider just being a part of, of, of the missions work at Hillside Baptist. I'm so thankful for those that have, have made that commitment and you've been found faithful. And man, it has just been allowed us to be able to continue to increase our missions giving and continue to do more for missions. But listen, the world hasn't been won yet. We're still working that direction. But we also are able to esteem them when we serve alongside them. I mentioned Josh and T are mission, missionaries in the Dominican. And last September, we got to go down to uh, the Dominican Republic and learn, uh, serve alongside them. And while we were there, we saw the great need of the country of the Dominican Republic. 
In that country, their, uh, tourism is their number one uh, draw for people. It's a great island. As a matter of fact, my sister and I were talking about going to the Dominican. She says, I said, yeah, we're going to go to the Dominican Republic. And she's like, really? That's so exciting. I said, yeah, we're going to go work uh, with some churches and we're going to be doing some missions work. She says, oh, we're going to go lay on the beach. People love to lay on the beach in, in the Dominican Republic. It's a beautiful place in those areas. It's a great vacation spot for people. And during this time, those people are suffering because there's no tourism. Listen, our missionaries don't always need us to visit, but they do need to know that we care. They need to know that we love them enough to reach out to them. I, on, the, on every missionary letter, you can walk around. and Maybe you want to pick one missionary this week and say, listen, I want to reach out to our missionary. If you have an email address, you can get on there and you can email our missionaries. And this is what Paul was saying. He says, to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Will you email them? Will you just be an encouragement? You can send a, a letter or a note or a card. Uh, it's a lot cheaper for you and for them if you just send them an email. Uh, but my burden is that we continue to esteem our missionaries as a vital part of our church and continue forward with the cause of Christ through missions. Finally, I want to just share with you out of verse 13. The last part here, he says, and be at peace among yourselves. There's a need here for an exhortation. Really, as he'd say, the best way the church can be an encouragement to the missionaries is to maintain a strong base here. I've heard countless missionaries as they come through and, and they've, they've been in our services and they, and they get excited. Brother, I remember a couple of years ago, Man, Brother Manuel Diosis was here and he's like, he's like, Brother John, I want a copy of all the music that you do. He says, I want to bring it back to the churches in the Philippines. And then a, a few years uh, after that, I remember, I, just, I guess it was last year, we had a missionary come through and we, heard, we were seeing people saved in every service. We were seeing people baptized nearly every week. And as he came through, he said, man, it is so exciting to see churches where God is still moving. He said, this makes us want to get back to the field. You see, when, when God is working and we desire to be strong here at home, then it encourages our missionaries abroad. Man, it's scary if you're a, abroad and your church, the churches that support you are falling apart. Through COVID, we've had some of our missionaries, as uh, I, I keep in regular contact with the missionaries we send out, and as I talked to Brother Daniel especially, he shared with me that there were some churches that just stopped giving support. So he contacted them and found out that they had closed their doors. I'm telling you, that's a scary time for missionaries. They could use our encouragement and our support. So what do we do? First, let's remain faithful. One of the main ways to encourage our missionaries is for them to know that we're continuing to do here what they're doing there. Our choice to remain faithful will help them to know they're not alone. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Let us be faithful. Remain faithful to your walk with Christ through fervent prayer. Remain faithful to your walk with Christ so that no matter what may come, you may be found steadfast, unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord. But also, not just, not just in, in our prayer and our Bible study, but remain faithful to church. Now, I know that this is a, can be touchy right now. Well, you don't understand, Pastor, it's COVID, and I understand, I get it. But God still calls us, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. Thank you for being faithful on a Sunday night. Thank you for choosing to be here tonight. And, and just whenever we get tired of one another, because it will happen, amen. Let's choose to be faithful. Let's choose to be faithful when we're discouraged. Let's choose to be faithful when we're hurting. 
Let's choose to be faithful and let God get the glory. Let's choose to be faithful in our, our giving, our faith promise giving. This is uh, during summer, uh, our, the church groups, they call this the summer slump uh, in giving. But I just want to encourage you, let's take this time and, and say, God, we want to give you our very best through all of this. I want you to just share with you the lyrics to a song, and I think I've sung it. It's been sung here before at one point or another. Uh, I don't remember the title of it. I, maybe I Dreamed I Went to Heaven. I think that's the name of it. But in this song, the lyrics say this. Then another man stood before me and said, Remember the time. A missionary came to your church and his pictures made you cry. You didn't have much money, but you gave it anyway. And Jesus took the gift you gave, and that's why I'm here today. One by one they came, as far as the eye could see, each life somehow touched by your generosity. Little things that you had done, sacrifices made, unnoticed on the earth, in heaven now proclaimed. Let's be faithful. Let's be faithful so that when we get to heaven, we'll have the opportunity to say, or God can look at us and say, you've invested in this life, and you've invested in this life, and you've invested in this life. What a joy that will be. Finally, just one last point here. Keep Christ in the forefront. Paul urges here in verse 13, and be at peace among yourselves. Paul urges this church, be at peace. Peace comes in a home when we serve one another selflessly. Peace comes in the church when we're not seeking to serve ourselves, but we're seeking to serve one another. Let's keep Christ at the forefront of everything we do. Vladimir Lukyanov, otherwise known as Bob, awesome missionary, tremendous guy who loves the Lord, planting churches, seeing people saved. Uh, you want a good missionary letter to read, I would encourage you to read Brother Bob. Good luck trying to spell it, but it starts with an L and you'll find it over there. I want to read from his letter as we close. Every month we make a 700-kilometer trip to the Tartar villages in the north of Omsk, Omsk province to encourage and disciple believers and to share Christ with those who don't know Him yet. Thanks to many of you, this time we were also bringing food baskets, including rice, pasta, canned meat, oil, sugar, and tea. A small token of love and compassion for people in need. This trip was especially long and difficult with many unexpected stops and further delays because of highway construction. And so when we finally arrived at the home of a sister in Christ, she welcomed us and in a typical grandmotherly fashion fed us a huge and delicious supper. Suddenly a neighbor showed up because she heard about the food baskets, but she also wanted to hear about this Isa Masik, which is Jesus the Messiah that we spoke about. And we were prepared. Brothers on our team shared their testimonies and then opened God's Word and started to discuss the story of Matthew through Eli, uh, Levi. We offered uh, this lady a chance to pray and receive Christ, but she refused. Vadim, a young leader on our team, spoke to this young lady uh, directly, offering her an opportunity to call on the Lord for her salvation. We prayed in a circle, and when it was her turn, she remained silent, even though it was evident that the Lord was dealing with her heart. After an awkward pause, not wanting to pressure her in any way, the next person continued to pray, and soon we concluded. Right at the end, when we were saying goodbyes, this lady blurts out, I want to pray. We all froze for a second in disbelief, but 
uh, this lady, not paying any attention to our reaction, cried out to God, asking Him to forgive her, to help her, and to give her the strength to live a life pleasing to Him. As a church, this is a part of our fruit. This young lady, and he, he, he doesn't mention her on purpose because, because he doesn't want her name being out, but this young lady is, is fruit that has been uh, stored up for our account. This is more than just a ritual. Faith Promise Missions is more than just something we do. It's a heart of what we are. God's called us, as we mentioned this morning, to continue with the gospel. Part of that continuing is continuing to support and love our missionaries. If you, don't, if you don't know them yet, you're missing a blessing. If you haven't experienced what it's like to, to be able to give by faith and to see this is how God works miraculously, you're missing one of the greatest blessings of your walk with the Lord. There's nothing like when you commit to something, you have no idea where it's going to come from, and then God says, here, let me show you my blessings. So we've made a vow to all of these missionaries out here, almost 90 of them, and we've made a commitment to them. We're going to stay faithful in prayer. We're going to stay faithful in giving and our support. Ecclesiastes 5 says, Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than thou shouldest vow and not pay. May God help us keep the vow to these missionaries. And may we begin tonight, right where we're at in this invitation, and start with a renewed love for these missionaries, a renewed love for the call and the purpose for which God has called us.